Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the Falcoholic Lives Falcons Training Camp Day 3 Recap live from Sweetwater Brewing. I've got a full house here, and we also have some wonderful fans in attendance. Let's hear it! Go All right, guys. Well, first of all, joining us on my right, left, I don't know. I I don't know. It, it's, it's difficult because the camera's flipped, but we do have Gina Kelly with us. Gina, Hi. how are you doing tonight? I am hot, but other than that, I'm good. So happy to see all these Falcons fans out here today. Absolutely. And I did, I did just see lightning in the distance, so you know. Uh, if I have to pick up the, the, the laptop and throw it, you know, under the building, then we may do that. So you've been forewarned about that one. But uh, we're going to get as many takes off as we can in the meantime. So before we get to that, of course, want to welcome in Adnan Ikic as well. Adnan, how are you doing? Uh, doing very well. Uh, for the first time this week, I'm seeing some clouds. Uh, they couldn't be there while we're at training camp, but they are here to potentially ruin our live show. So, yes. you know, that, that's how it goes. Yes, it's ominous, just like the upcoming Falcon season, as always. So also with us, as you can see, Will McFadden at Will McFadden. Will, how are you doing? Uh, Falcons fans are way nicer in person than they are on Twitter. So, yeah. so far, I'm having a great time. Yeah. Man. So, so far, so good, guys. So welcome in, everyone. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I'm going to attempt to get one ad read off here because I'm I'm a company man. Um, so give me one set. Yeah, no, we're not going to do the Blue Chew live. I, I was I was considering it. I'm going to have to add in. I'm going to edit in the Blue Chew later. Um, but, guys, uh, yeah, well, I'm going to I'm going to pull that up. But until we get to that, let's start with a little bit of training camp talk. Uh, oh, you're good. Yeah. Step out for a second. Yeah. Well, we did have a great Bijan Robinson play first, so I'll let you guys take the floor on that while I find my ad read. And, you know, hopefully I'll get to it within the first five minutes as I'm contractually obligated. So please take it away. Um, yeah, I know the uh, Bijan Robinson, he, uh, I'm sure you guys saw it. It's making the rounds all over social media at this point. Well, I feel like it's, it's, Totally unfair for Kevin to sit this one out, being that, that yeah. he is the, the person who, who captured this amazing moment yeah, on uh, on video. But I, hey, at least they credited him, him for it. Yeah, you know, they true. were not crediting him for the Matt Collins video yesterday. So yeah, you know that, that that's a nice change. But yeah, it was. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it by now, he went up against Troy Anderson one on one, and yesterday Troy Anderson won that battle. Uh, in the one-on-one -on -one rep, he deflected the ball, batted it away. This time, it looked like Bijan Robinson sort of learned from that mistake yesterday. He like cut in, he sold the slant pattern and just turned it into this double move where he absolutely burned Troy. Yeah, Anderson. I mean it's a slant and go, right? Yeah. But uh, and maybe that's an adjustment on the, the coaching staff. Maybe it's him and the quarterback saying, "All right, you know they got they got you on this last time. Here's where we adjust." And now it's a learning moment for obviously the defense and and Troy Anderson who needs to make these mistakes now in training camp and not in week one when you're playing the Carolina Panthers, right? Yeah. But if anything, like, I think you come away seeing what Bijan Robinson is going to be to this offense. And, guys, I, yeah. I'm more confident now than ever that slot receiver 101 right here. For yes. All right. Just inside the five-minute mark, we would like to bring you today's show from betonline.ag, your number one source for all your sports betting needs. You can get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Maybe you're feeling over it, overly confident the Falcons hit that Bijan Robinson over, perhaps. You can bet on those today if you so choose. But no matter what you decide to do, guys, Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season, as they've got you covered for all your sports betting needs. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. This episode is also sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, I know it can be awkward, but let's talk about sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. 
Bluetooth wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluetooth.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Bluetooth free when you use our promo code Bucket. That's B-U-C-K-E-T. At checkout, just pay five dollars in shipping. It's bluechew.com promo code bucket to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Bluechew for sponsoring today's podcast. All right, guys. Yes. So, uh, on the topic of Bijan Robinson, uh, it was a spectacular grab, a lot of fun, uh, and like Troy Anderson deserves props too because he he played it extremely well mm-hmm. uh, the first day. And Bijan, of course, came back with a double move today. It was sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been impressed with Troy, too. Like, he's been running with the first team. He's been, I think, playing pretty well. I mean, honestly, the run defense as a whole has been really good, and that was one of my sort of overall takeaways from today as well. So good. Other than Bijan maybe maybe getting a handful of rushing touchdowns. Again, there, there's no tackling, so it's kind of hard to say, right? But, um, you know, the, the run defense has been really good. Troy Anderson's a big part of that, but there's a lot of other guys contributing as well. But uh, let's let's stick yeah. with, with Troy for one second yeah, because yeah. Gina, like I, I don't know about you, but kind of a lot of the additions that have been made on defense make sense to me. They filled clear yes. areas, they bolstered yes. depth, but like as I look at this defense, answers have been granted for questions that I had, and yet I still have a big question right there in the middle of the defense. Yeah. What are your expectations and anticipations for Troy Anderson this year? I mean, I think that his ceiling is high, and I think that we all hope that he can live up to that potential. I think that in this camp, we're seeing flashes mm-hmm. that tell us that uh, that's, you know, definitely a possibility. Again, it's so hard to evaluate in training camp. I haven't been up there, so I've just relied on you guys to keep me informed, and you've done a wonderful job of that. Um it's hard to know until they get pads on, and it's even harder to know until they actually get into some preseason action. And even then, they're not really at full speed. And so, uh, but I do think the flashes that we've seen really give me a lot of optimism for him this season. I mean, yeah, Troy Anderson. We knew what he was coming out of uh, coming out of Montana. So he was a second rounder. We knew he was very raw, yep. and you saw some of that skill set last year. I think it was a. Uh, the play where he ran down the punt returner. I think it was a San Francisco one game. One of my favorite plays of the year. And, I mean, like, you knew that from year one, he wasn't he – was, he was a bit raw, and he was going to take, you know, maybe a season, maybe a couple of years. But, I mean, I, I've been I've been impressed by him so far. Sure, he, he lost the rep to B. John Robinson today. It's hard to cover B. John Robinson one-on-one. Like, <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. How many linebackers in the entire NFL – can line up against Bijan one-on-one. And just Hopefully like, zero. Yeah, yeah so hopefully I, I zero. think that that's why the team took him where they took him. Um, exactly, right? <laughs> because he's the... going to be just a mismatch. Yes. That is what he's here to be. And the, the Troy Anderson play, though, against San Francisco reminded me of two plays, actually. Um, one came against San Francisco, and it was the Roddy White chase down oh, punch out. That's yes. one of my all-time that, favorite That's my favorite play. And then the Julio just absolutely going flying. Was it against Detroit? Was it against, actually, the Lions? Just like chasing down like a freaking lion is. against a gazelle yeah. and hustling down. So like it may have been the Bucks and I think that play that play may have been called back. So yeah. I, I think it was like a flag on the play on the defense. But it's the athleticism but, yeah. on display, right? Yes. And so you're saying now you've got somebody like that in the heart of your defense. Like if if he can become the football player. Yeah. That's what I think the next step is. And that's the thing. Like, we do know that he does have that raw athleticism. But I think that what we're seeing so far in camp is um, it, it it makes me feel like he's developing the way that the team needs him to develop. Yeah. Yeah. I, I apologize. I was not following that conversation, <laughs> trying to do some technical support. But We got um, you back. Yeah, yeah. This is why you have guests, guys. It's amazing stuff here. Kevin's wearing many hats out here. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff that the clouds are looking extremely ominous. So... You know, I, I was trying to move a couple things out of out of harm's way. Today's I, podcast is brought to you by friends. Yes. <laughs> we should all have them. Friends are excellent. Uh, shout out to everyone uh, for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys. Shout out, of course, to everyone for showing up today. Um, and this is a great time for me to plug uh, the Training Camp Fundraiser, you know, if you're interested in supporting. Uh, we're, we're well on our way. Thanks to George Costanza's $250 donation yesterday, among many others. We've also got uh, one from Nico with the $10. Uh, appreciate you, Nico, man. Appreciate you so much. It says five dollars for training camp, five dollars for the chips and and salsa on the Sweetwater Munchies menu. So I'm gonna have to try that. Where would you set the over under on Ritter's rushing touchdowns this year? Teams are going to underestimate the threat he poses. In my opinion, have a great time, everyone. Yeah, 
Well, I think you guys have some takes. So what do you, yeah. what do you guys think? Well, um, I I actually hope the numbers look because I I think that the Falcons have enough talent at the skill positions to get in the end zone in other ways. And I do not want him to get hurt because I do not want to see Taylor Heineke starting games for the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> um, no offense to Taylor Heineke, yes. but very nice I, yes. I would prefer that Desmond stay. Yes, <laughs> that he, that he stay healthy. But uh, yeah, I don't know where I'd put it. Maybe five is a number that I would feel. What? That's a lot. That's, that's a for lot. a quarterback. That's I'll a lot. That's true. Three point five. Okay. Three and a half rushing touchdowns. And I'll take the over on Will's three point five. Yeah, I okay. think I'll also take the over. How about that? He yeah. got he got one today, right? So we're at, we're mostly. No, I'm just I kind of. Does that count? Yeah. I think I'm leaning the under though. Like like Gina, you know, I can see I could see a twelve yard scramble. Uh-huh. You know, like up the middle, people are just losing. But like. How you when you've got Tyler Algier, when you've got Cordero Patterson, when you've got frankly a Mac Collins and a Drake London and Kyle, like if they get to the two yard line, I don't know if they're just gonna say QB scramble or like a QB dive or whatever. But what I would like to see is more snake plays. Um, I think that that's where they really could succeed with that. As long as they don't fumble the snake. That's I let's not even speak that into the universe. No, we speak truth to power. You know, that's what we do on this show. That was Justin, Justin Stone. Who makes that back? decision? Just Justin Stone Mike Person? Mike uh, Person returns? I, 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 I'll also, I'll go with the over on that one. And yeah. one, I, I'm actually really glad that we're finally talking about something that's not the deep ball with, uh, with Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll have yeah, to we'll get, get to there. it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll definitely get there. Yeah. Don't worry, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Fans are foaming at the mouth right now. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, even on that Bijan Robinson, like, spectacular catch, you saw so many people, you know, as, as Falcons Twitter does. Who threw that pass? Yeah. Who threw it? Who was it? <laughs> Reveal yourself. Um, I'll, I'm going to go with the over just because, one, Desmond Ritter is he's not a slow guy. And I think Arthur Smith will utilize that threat of a B. John Robinson, a Tyler Algier, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Teams will not be accounting for the quarterback yeah. as much. And I think Arthur Smith is going to – I think he'll design a he'll design a handful of runs in that red area for Desmond Ritter inside the ten, and it's going to catch some teams off guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. No, I, I think that's exactly really really well said because what this offense is doing is it's you make the defenses kind of defend every blade of grass, right? That's what offenses like to do. But this is like you're making defenses defend every single person on the offense. Like, mm-hmm. there's nobody that they can't look at, and there's no way that these players won't be used. So you have to be ready for, like, every single conceivable thing that they could throw at you. And therefore, like, I just don't think there's room left on your plate to be like, and what about the quarterback, right? Because you've got... That's very fair. At one point, you could have Cordero Patterson, Bijan Robinson, and Tyler Algier on the field at the same time with Drake London and with Kyle Pitts, and it's like... Are you guys in heavy and running a goal line formation, or are you in five wide and you've got like four really dynamic athletes? So if they're going to be spread out thin, and then you've got Desmond Ritter running a draw up the middle from seven yards out, like I just don't see a way that you can envision all of that coming all at once. Right. So I just looked it up right now. Uh, the weather? Are we doomed? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, yeah, we're, we're in trouble. So, yeah. so I looked up right now. You guys want to guess how many rushing touchdowns Ryan Tannehill had in his in 2019 and 2020, which is when Arthur did, Smith was the OC? Did he have eight? He, he, ha- he had eight. He had four in 2019 oh. and seven in 2020. Okay. So, so 11 rushing touchdowns for Ryan Tannehill. You remember Arthur Smith loved to use that threat of Derrick Henry around the red area. And Ryan Tannehill walks in untouched and he does that little finger roll celebration, which I mean... I, it's, nice. it's, it's a badass celebration. Top five celebrations all time. Go. Oh, Ooh, hey, you're you're really putting me on the spot on this one. <laughs> Top five of it's all time. It's not prepared. Yeah, the icky shuffle has to be up there. Top one is uh, the dirty bird. There you go. Yeah, the dirty bird. You got it. Oh, you got no. a zero. That's a trick. Number question. two, Tony like... Gonzalez dunking on the goalpost. Another one. Okay. Daryl Hodge had a dunk on the goalpost today too. By the way, number three, Falcons fans probably won't love this one, but it's the curling celebration for oh, the yeah. Packers. Like oh, that's yeah. just yeah. really fun to me. It's yeah. it fits. Yeah. Three is all I got. I don't know. You generally need a little prep for top fives. You know, um, yeah. top five guys to make the roster, maybe I could I could probably do that off the cuff. Mm-hmm. I always like a good bowling one, you know, when yeah, they get yeah, to, like, yeah. nine. That is, that is very good. Cool. I feel oh, like it's just so oh, Justin Jefferson is so clean uh, with that gritty. Oh, my God. Bust out the backpack kid dance again this year. Yeah. Yep, yeah, that was yeah. a good one. But 
Yeah, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, who is much less mobile than Desmond Ritter, had 11 touch rushing Are we touchdowns sure about that? a couple years. Are we uh, sure about that? Uh, I, I'm taking I'm taking Desmond I Ritter. Think pretty I think comparable. Well, comparable in Tannehill when Tannehill was his age. Yeah, like yeah. I think the age is really the only. That's true, but we're talking there. about a former wide receiver essentially. Yes, so it's like even really. like a. a 29 year old wide receiver and like a 23 year old quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tannehill's a much more natural runner. Yeah. In terms of actual athleticism, Desmond Ritter is like an elite athlete. Mm -hmm. I mean, he runs like a a 4 5 flat. I mean, he's one of the best. That's no slight to. If anything, I'm like trying to boost him up into Ryan Tannehill. But it's it's not just about the speed. And this is what we saw last year. If you guys watched Desmond Ritter run, it was the the instincts for like when to take off and what to do. They just weren't there. Oh no, we're feeling drops. We're feeling raindrops. <laughs> I, 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 I was mentioning it before the show. The entire week, there has not been a single drop of rain. Begging for some cloud cover in training camp. Yeah. And, and now the the one hour when we really need some clear skies. You know, of, of course, it starts raining. Absolutely let's fine. let's be clear. There there were not any drops of rain, though. Unfortunately, there were some other kinds of drops, though, uh, in, in practice today. And I think that's... Are you talking about sweat? <laughs> I'm definitely Dro- drops of about, sweat as well. I'm definitely talking about drops of sweat. Yes. But, uh, no, I mean, like, I, I think, because we should talk about the secondary as well, because that's been a huge, huge part mm-hmm. of it. But I think today, some of the, some of the interceptions that were had were also partially yeah. on the offense. I mean, as, like, let's, let's... I guess wrap up like a, a passing game conversation and yeah. transition to the defense. But like, does it concern you guys at all that the passing game seems to be like lagging behind a little bit to start camp, or is that just the normal trend and cadence that we see? This I'm here. Odd on the answer first because he's actually been there. there you go. I, I've yeah. got kind of a stock answer. So, to this one. <laughs> so the short chain intermediate game has been very good. Uh, I, I, I've, you know, that that right now to me is like I, I know you can do that. The only thing that I'm worried about, and we've been talking about it for a few days, the deep passing concepts. The, the, the deep passes have not been there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Ritter had a nice pass from the 20 for a Kaderil Hodge touchdown on an end zone-like shot. Mm-hmm. But those shots on 7-on-7, seven 11-on-11, seven, 11 11 where... Yeah, you know, it's not a red zone type thing. It's like, you know, the full field. It's, it's a high red or it's yeah. like the 40. Like, yeah. that is where dudes want it. Kyle Shanahan, you yeah. reach the 40, he's taking a shot. Yeah. And, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, Desmond Ritter, I think, by my count, is 0 for 3 or 0 for 4 on those. Each one has been overthrown. He overshot Drake London on one of them. He got picked up by Jalen. Like, three yards. Yeah, it, it wasn't good. And Drake London is a very big dude. Uh, he, he's not He's not a very easy guy to, like, overthrow. Um, yeah. Jalen Hawkins had a pick. Uh, in day one, that was a lot of people made a lot out of that. Um, Taylor Taylor Heineke still hasn't hit one of those shots either. Yeah. The only quarterback that has been successful in hitting one of those like deep shots has been Logan Woodside. He's so, been the dark horse this whole time. Lo- I've been saying it. Logan, <laughs> the Toledo legend. Logan Woodside went five for six today. I- I'm just showing Logan Woodside a little bit of love. <laughs> uh, we'll see plenty of him in uh, in the preseason, especially in that third preseason game against the Steelers. Gear up for that. Um, he went five for six today, and he hit the star of today's practice, Xavier Malone, the undrafted free agent. Yeah, Xavier Malone was so, Xavier Malone stole the show today. Uh, he he burned or not burned, but it was good coverage from Cornell Armstrong on that deep shot in eleven on elevens, and he came away with a touchdown earlier in a one on one. He had a he had a touchdown against against great coverage again. He didn't. He didn't put a foot wrong, and I think Xavier Malone right now is probably the favorite in that undrafted wide receiver competition that we always look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he. I mean, sure, it, it, we haven't had pads yet, but right now Xavier Malone is impressing me, and Logan Woodside had he had a good day. But yeah, you really want to see one of these deep shots completed very soon. I, it's gotten to the point where I actually I think I asked you guys today. It was like, are, is the landmark off? Like, are they right. are they going to the wrong landmarks? Because that's that's what it's legitimately seemed like at times, where it's like the quarterback is throwing it to one spot and the receiver's going to kind of another spot. So it may be just kind of a learning curve. Yes, early right. in camp especially. I My stock answer to this is we won't really know where the rubber meets the road with this team until about week three of the regular season. Sure. I think that, you know, even like I said, the preseason – 
even those games are not at full speed, you're seeing a lot of rotation because the coaches need to evaluate the players so they can build the roster. Um, I do not worry about anything until about week three of the regular season. No, the main thing September is full school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Gina, Falcons Twitter is not with you on that at all. I, People they, are panicking. People, they are never with me on this. <laughs> never, ever. <laughs> People have already pressed the panic button on Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like... They pressed it before me. <laughs> they pressed it before OTAs. <laughs> they pressed it when he was drafted. So, it's... <laughs> Yeah, not that big of a surprise. Yeah, I I mean, like, yeah, people press the panic button. Like, today, Arthur Smith had a quote about the quarterback room. And, I mean, it sounded, on the surface, it sounded like, you know, a nice coach-speak type quote of, you know, our quarterback room is, like, very gritty. Like, you know, people, like, great work ethic with all of those guys. Like, you know, none of those guys were, like, super highly recruited. So, you know, they, they know what it means to work. So, you know, of course, Falcons Twitter took that, and they were immediately, like, Oh my God! He said they're gritty. That means that they're not good. That means that they. That means that they're not talented. Were they having Dan Quinn flashbacks or like what was the deal? We're gonna there? be fast and physical, baby. <laughs> fast yeah. and physical. The gritty thing goes back even to Mike Smith, though, and so it, it really touched on a lot of very unique Falcons fan nerves. It's a yeah, buzz. It's a buzzword. Yes, yeah, you can't. You can't be calling anything but, gritty. But Are you I, guys worried that if Desmond Ritter can't thread the needle at forty yards? That Arthur Smith is going to send in a play where he has to thread the needle at 40 yards. I mean, well, the, the deep shots are like a core part. It is. Yeah, it's essential. Yeah, like, yeah, he's Arth- going to have to be able to do it at some point. Yeah, it's, they're going to find somebody else eventually. We saw him do it last year. Yeah. In only four games. Uh, in only four games. It's a double-edged sword. It's, you know, like, all right, he did good in a small sample size, but it's also a small sample size. Now, that said, I, and I'm not a draft analyst. Everybody who follows my work knows I'm not a draft analyst. But I did think that uh, Ritter had the highest ceiling of the quarterbacks that came out that year. And I felt like he was the the one who had the, the best potential of pro level. Um, Don't tell Steelers fans that. They they will come after you. Or Titans fans. Yeah, frankly, I kind of felt like Ritter had a high floor. Oh, okay. Personally. But, I felt like yeah, he was very no, tall. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. But have you ever seen Tom Brady the first week of practice? Well, yes. <laughs> I can't. I've seen him the final week of the NFL season many times. I don't remember though. that. I don't remember that game. Yes, I mean, it happens. well, it's not that crazy. Yeah. It's really not. It's, not. it's really and not. So every rookie quarterback needs development. The speed of the game is so different at For the pro sure. level. And um, yeah, we've we've had a very small sample size of Ritter. I do think that with a full off season to prepare, and I I think that you just can't put too much stock into what happens in camp, yeah. especially yeah. without yeah. Pat. No, you definitely can't. And I mean, we are absolutely exercising caution to everyone mm-hmm. to you know not not panic. Like don't. Don't panic on anything. It's been three days. I know people are, you know, the sky is falling already. But, I mean, like, don't panic. But, again, it would be nice. Yeah, it, it would calm the nerves a little bit if tomorrow they came out and they, you know, he connected with Drake London on one of those deep shots. Yes. And, and to, to, to Desmond Ritter's credit, to all these quarterbacks' credit, Arthur Smith would rather have them keep being aggressive and get all of this out of, like, work into a lather yeah, here than anywhere else. And yes. honestly, it's more of a testament to their gunslinger mentality that they are, conti- like, you don't want your quarterback's confidence at any point to get really shaken, right? But right. Arthur Smith's not about to just start kind of being like, here's a, you know, here's a spot route concept where you've got, like, a five-yard hitch is your main read because they want to jab, jab, jab with the run game, jab, jab, jab with the screen game, and then they want to go deep with a dagger concept and hit a 25-yard shot play. Because that versatility is how you win yeah, games. Yeah, one-on-one matchups and then box out downfield and make the big contested yeah. catch and then go right back to it. I mean, you saw how many times he dialed it up with Mariota last year. Mm-hmm. I, and even when it wasn't working, like Mario, there's a two-and-a-half-minute highlight reel on Twitter of Mariota just missing Kyle Pitts deep. Like, just over and over again. And, I mean, <laughs> Arthur Smith is not going to change his playbook. And, I mean, Desmond Ritter is going to have to prove that he can do this. He can do this consistently yes. if he wants to be the quarterback of this offense. And that's why I think that's why Taylor Heineke is here in the, as the backup. Because yes. we've seen him not just hit these shots, but, like, hit these shots in, like, insanely big situations. Against the Falcons, he's he did. In, like, pressure situations <laughs> and in ways that galvanizes the team and, like, yeah. sends them on, on, like, a run. So... If I was going to have to have, like, an, an ace up my sleeve, so to speak, and I'm not necessarily comparing Taylor Heineke to, like, an ace up the sleeve because I think history has shown that he's maybe not that. Be a but, jack. 
Yeah, you guys ever watch him in Holland Field though? Can't say that I have. Hey, that's a Gwinnett County legend. I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I need to stop saying Gwinnett County legend every time I mention Taylor Heineke because I say UCF legend every time. It's okay. I, I think people legitimately now think that I have this Taylor Heineke narrative going that I'm just trying to bury Desmond Ritter <laughs> just so that I can get the savior Taylor Heineke out there. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I, I have no agendas to push other than the Penny Hart agenda. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Go Panthers. Go Panthers. I did yes, have you. to check with Don on that it was the Panthers, um, which I shouldn't because my, you know, my wife Caroline graduated from GSU, so I should know that they're the Panthers. Uh, you know, so that's my fault. That's that's not all. But yeah, all right. Did you guys talk about Clark Phillips? Because I was not. We have not talked about no, Clark Phillips yet. We talked about Clark Phillips now. Yes, I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention now. Um, yeah. So another pass breakup. I think it can still hear me. No. I'm monitoring the levels. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if you guys, if you guys uh, listening ever are having trouble hearing, just let me know, and I'll try to move stuff around. Well, <laughs> you know, you guys can see this is all going super well. Um, definitely according to plan. Uh, that, that's what that's part of the fun, right? Hey, well, we're adapting on the fly yeah. because well, that's, that's what the job calls for. Exactly. So you got you got to think on your feet. You know, that's what a good quarterback does, right? You got got to. Oh boy. You know, you guys can you guys hear let's the go too soon? Yes. It's very ominous here. I, I I hope this isn't an omen for the Falcon season, but <laughs> it but, actually might be the opposite. Right. Let's just claim that it's the opposite. Yeah. Well, but there there while danger lingers, we're making it work. So maybe that's what happened. Hey, maybe that's see, yeah. see, we're setting the tone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. right here. So, all right, guys. Um, yeah, Clark Phillips, another pass breakup in one on ones, also in seven on sevens late. I mean, I I'm on record as saying I think Clark Phillips should be like playing outside with getting a shot like because he's a great outside corner in college we saw him you know the other day drake london one-on-one outside huge receiver played him great you yeah. know and so i'm like questioning what why bother with the slot move whoa that was a big lightning bolt. It yeah it was yeah oh there's more thunder i'm sure you guys heard that <laughs> Welcome to summer in the south. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was so hot these few days. Like, where yes. is this during camp? Yeah, it's also, been insane. It is still too hot. Like, yeah. if it's going to storm, it should at least cool down. I'm yeah. sunburned in the back of my legs right now. I mean, like, come on, like, <laughs> shade this had in three days, and we didn't ask and for it's it because of the thunderstorm. Yeah, it's, yeah. So, um, we will uh, endeavor to not get struck by lightning. That yes. is my goal on tonight's show. Uh, also to deliver good programming, but that unfortunately, guys, that is secondary to the lightning. So if we do feel like we have to move for safety, which you know, if we were being honest with ourselves, we probably would have already done. Um, <laughs> you know, we're we're gonna do the best we can here. Thank you guys for for hanging out. Um, but yeah, Clark Phillips. I mean, I'm curious what you guys think so far. I mean, I, I think he's been. I mean, arguably the most impressive rookie. Of, I mean, if you don't count Bijan, because that's not really fair. I would count. Yeah, I would count Bijan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bijan is a rookie. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, technically, yeah. yeah. But Clark. I mean, he doesn't play like one. But yeah, Clark Phillips. I think it's malpractice that teams let him fall to the fourth round of the draft. And, I mean, we celebrated it on our draft party the second that we took him. We were like, oh, my God. Like, this guy was, you know, an, an all, well, he was an All-American, like, second team this year. He was one of the best cornerbacks in the entire, like, college football, like, hemisphere. I think he, he made the All-Pac-12 team, like, first team. Like, he has done nothing but produce like in his entire football life. And I think if he was two inches taller, he's a first rounder. Yeah. Just like Grady Jarrett, like uh, in 2015. It, yeah. Teams get put off by the height. And I mean, Clark Phillips comes in and all he's done has been produce. Yeah. And I mean, again, he was mentioned specifically by Arthur Smith as one of the rookies that has impressed him yesterday. He was very impressive yesterday. Beat Drake London on that one-on-one -on -one. again. Who threw that ball? You know, ha ha the hashtag conspiracy of Falcons training camp. Nobody's showing who's throwing these footballs. You know, you guys want me to film Desmond Ritter just like or whoever just throwing? And it's then it's you like, throwing these footballs. Yeah, exactly. That's what nobody's saying. It's, it's Kevin. Just blame him. If there's fault. a bad throw, it's Kevin. Yeah. yeah. If there's I a good throw, throw it's Ritter. Stops. Everybody yeah. settle down. Guys, Please. guys. It's a conspiracy. The Desmond Ritter PR is insane right now. He, he has an incredible PR team right yeah. now. Um, he's, he's literally yeah. crushing yeah. it. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Clark Phillips, again, can't say enough about him. Another great day. He will not be playing with the threes for very much longer if he continues this. Because, yeah, I, I mean, Logan Woodside, like I said, five for six today. And I, it, it's been a heavy Logan Woodside chatter in this program. Uh, who would have thought? Legend. Toledo yeah. legend. Yeah. 
Um, I'm, I mean, I think the yeah. floor for like a Clark Phillips, right, is is probably as like the understudy to Jeff Okuda this year. It's Deion Sanders. The floor to Clark Phillips is prime Deion Sanders. The floor is the ceiling. The ceiling is the The ceiling is the roof. Yeah. The ceiling is a mixture between Thor and Thanos for Clark Phillips. Yeah. But I, I think that this year, like, the conservative bet would be, like, hopefully he's the understudy to Jeff Okuda, who plays a good a good season and is on a one-year deal. And then you've drafted the guy who steps in in year two in that outside role, and then you've already got the, the succession plan in place. However, I think the upshot is that you've got somebody who has a lot of experience playing, you know, in, in decent games against really good competition. He comes into training camp. He looks the part from day one, which so far he really has. Maybe Jeff Okuda stumbles a little bit, although today he looked really good. He had an interception. Like, I, I thought he's played pretty well, and he becomes your outside starter. Like, that's that's kind of the thing is they they bet on defensive backs, and I'm in love with D. Alford and what he's brought so far. But, like, players like that, at Cornell Armstrong. There you go. That one was um, close. That one was close, yeah. Yep, if you agree with me, <laughs> flash lightning. Um, oh God, sorry. So, sorry. so it's yeah. like it's like a safe a safe bet in the fourth round, mm-hmm. where it's a depth piece immediately, and the upshot is that it's a starter maybe next year, but maybe as soon as this year. Yeah. No, I mean I agree, and, and you know I, I just love Clark Phillips. I was a big fan of the pick. You know, fourth round. I think on your show, even we talked about it. Like I was like, yeah. okay, I think he's the one. If his name know. was Philip Clark's, do you think you would like him as much? No, I think I like Clark Clark Lewis, but I do like guys with two first names, like Ricky Bobby. There you go. Um, I mean, I think we have a track record of success with that. Even though if you ain't first, Gina Thomas, not, not yeah. Ryan Thomas, Gina yeah, Thomas, Ryan. or Gina Kelly. Oh, there you go. That's both. It works even, both yeah, works even my even go. my remarried name. Yeah, yeah exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Matt Ryan, obviously. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, I, we've had a good track record with that. So maybe Definitely. maybe that's the key. Both names. Sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, Clark Phillips wasn't the only corner standing. Like the cornerbacks, I think of. They've sort of been dominating a little bit, like throughout the first few days. Like today, I think there were at least four or five different guys who had a who had a pass breakup at some point. There's Clark Phillips, D. Alford had a pass breakup. He's running with the ones uh, in that yep. nickel battle with uh, Mike Hughes. Um, you know, AJ Terrell had a great pass breakup against uh, Drake London in the end zone. That that time it was a really good pass from Desmond Ritter and Jesse Bates and AJ Terrell did exactly what you would want on that play. And, I mean, yeah, the, the secondary, that they've been showing out. Jalen Hawkins, he had another really strong day at camp. Like, Jalen Hawkins, three days, two interceptions, had a really good run stop, had another pass breakup. Hawkins has come in motivated. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, and I was going to say, there, there's, like, three guys standing in the parking lot playing cornhole, and, like, they have not been phased at all by the Twitter. Not at all. I think if they step the barometer, like, if they go inside, then we should probably go inside. Yes. Let's see if they'll do the halftime show, and oh, yeah. each halftime they'll play cornhole, and we'll just up the stakes. Yeah, yeah. No, that's up good. the stakes every <laughs> that's in, that's inside of a ring of we'll fire we'll yeah. over a pool of piranhas. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> we'll open up I the like stadium it. roof during Lightning Storm. That's yeah, the final yeah, level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll work up to that. We'll work up to that. we got, we got to start slow here on the first ever actual live. Uh, obviously, what we're not we're not in a dome like some teams, you I'm know, like closing the roof. Yeah, we can't just close it. Technically, we are like semi covered. I will say that, but um, it, if it it's, actually starts, it's like forward, SoFi Stadium in here. Yeah, it is. Yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got. I did miss. We had a. We had a. Uh, George Costanza donation of two dollars. What's up, George? Thanks so much, man. Thank you, George. Wish you were here, George. Uh, We've done a live tip jar. Since we're here uh, doing a live show. I mean, if people want to throw live money at us, you can just, like, throw it, you know, into the camera feed. And just ask your question. Venmo is my... Uh... <laughs> Cash app, you know. Yeah. George says, forgive me, but let's not forget that some of those at the table... He's talking about me. And lots of fans at the or- of the organization wanted Malik Willis at eight. It sounds like he might not even make the final roster in Tennessee. Let's... I was one of those I was people. a Malik Willis truther. I was. Yep, yep, That's yep. such I a... I said they should. I said they could. It's such okay. a great example, though, of the overhyping draft process that we go through. Like the, the other side of that coin is I think that sometimes rookies get pushed into starting too soon. I was very concerned about that with yeah. Ritter, actually. And I think that Ritter did fine in the final four games of yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah. But I think that that may have been a factor for oh, Willis. Yeah. And, and now like, he's got Levis to deal with, too. Like, yeah. uh, well, we always call players bus, but it's like 
80% the situation that you end up in. It is. Right? It like is. That's the thing is that it's so hard. It's a nuance that we like don't really take the time and to ever talk about. what a factor, not just coaching, but the, the other 10 guys around you yeah. on the field. And the quarterback are, who maybe yes. is in place when you get drafted. Like there's exactly. just so many a different things. I, I mean, Tannehill wasn't he on record saying, yeah, I'm not going to help him. Like I'm not, I'm not helping him take my job. But even like a coaching staff, are they willing to work with a QB coach? Or are they saying, no, we don't want you to have, we're your coaches we're gonna like but qb coaches are way more equipped or like outside specialized trainers yes are much more equipped to dive and, and, into the, the actual and, nuances and i think desmond well first of all i can't believe those guys are playing cornhole i just want to say that yeah but they, they are unfazed entirely <laughs> yeah shout out to them shout out to those guys. yeah but but uh get a shot at a corner uh, <laughs> <laughs> out of a storm let them know, know if you can yeah. see them yeah they're throwing the tossing they're tossing some corn out there yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah, get a shot of the ominous story. Yeah, you can't really see it. My white balance is not capturing the... Yeah, it doesn't but, look as scary yeah, as it sounds. It looks much more ominous in person. We're doing it all in post. You're gonna, yeah, we're yes. gonna, we'll edit in the lightning and the brimstone <laughs> later. Yeah, but um, but I do want to say, I think Desmond Ritter, walked, like he was drafted into the best possible situation he could have been put in. Uh, because you see Arthur Smith and the coaching staff, one, they love him, and two, they are all in on him. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no, like, you know, G. Cole legend, Taylor Heineke, there was no real competition that was brought in for him this offseason. And I mean, you know, some people can look at that as, you know, positive or negative. It could be like both. But he is QB1 of a team that is really built very well around him. As a third round pick, there are so many quarterbacks that just that would kill for this situation. But I mean, now it's now it's the time to re- to sort of reward the team for that investment into you by by going out there and producing. Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we, we all have high expectations for Ritter. I mean, I've, I've been a big fan of Ritter. I was I was like, oh, are they going to be interested in Ritter in, like, day two, the year before he even declared, you know, he decided to go back to school. But, like, he isn't, like, a super high-ceiling quarter, like, quarterback. But, like, you got him in the third round, which I think was a great deal. Mm-hmm. And, like, can he be Ryan Tannehill for you? I mean, like. That's exactly that's, it. Or that's probably, all I, mean. oh, I would I would love that from a third-round quarterback. Yeah. A Ryan Tannehill-type production. Oh, right. my God. He's like a top-eight quarterback with, with Arthur Smith. So, like, Honestly, like, like even a Jared Goff or someone like okay, somebody right. who just yes. in, a, in a system that elevates a quarterback. Can, can you do enough to play within that system that is going to allow you to be elevated? I think Goff like, is such a good example because when he was in Los Angeles – he, I mean, it was night and day. Like he was gonna, yeah. And then once he came to Detroit and they built a scheme that fit his skill set, he was much more successful last year, especially once he got into a rhythm with you know the players around him, that sort of thing. But I think that that's one real strength of Arthur Smith because nobody's looking at Ryan Tannehill and saying, "Oh, this guy is you know first ballot Hall of Famer," but he certainly made him a very successful quarterback and. Part of that was the pieces around him, which he's already proven that he's very adept at. Like, look at Cordero Patterson's resurgence in Atlanta. I mean, a lot of coaches do sit there at this time of year and they say, because it's an easy way to deflect, right? It's like, well, we're going to shape everything around the personnel that we had. It's like, well, we don't know what the personnel is going to be yet, and we don't know. So it's like, you don't really talk too much about, like, scheme. But the one thing that at least Arthur Smith has shown is week to week, you know, player to player, he – really figures out specifically like what's going to work and he'll change his game plan. He'll utilize different players. Like one of my favorite things that he said was yesterday saying that he felt like Kaderil Hodge was a player that they probably underutilized last year. And they're like, if he earns, if he kind of continues doing what he did last year, they want to get him involved a little bit more. And he looked really good in practice today. So it's kind of like, yeah, they're not above uncovering every rock or turning over every rock and figuring out what works. And at the very least, I feel like, in, in a little bit of an about face from maybe the last regime that was in here, like they're going to go down swinging. They're not going to go down sticking to their guns. I think yeah. he's not going to be afraid to like get under the hood and figure out what's going wrong and how can I change stuff and change it completely. And like, they're going to try some stuff before it all just crashes and burns. And, yeah. yeah. And like with the previous regime, I think that specifically with the offense, that was not a skill that Dan Quinn had. And I don't think that like bringing in dirt cutter, bringing back yeah. dirt cutter solved that problem. You it know? was so, a very old school style of offense mm-hmm. in an era that was changing very quickly offensively, yes, and yes. they just weren't able to adapt. And then defensively, they stuck to the bread and butter, mm-hmm. which I think Dan Quinn spending that year away from the game saw the way that the game had changed kind of out from under him yes. really quickly. Yeah. 
and then you've seen the adjustment that they made in Dallas, and it's a lot more versatile. It's a lot, yeah. Yeah. It's just versatility is the name of the game in the NFL. It is, and you have a head coach that praises or preaches kind of nothing but versatility. Well, and I mean, just look at the Bijan pick. Like people can that pick because of where a running back was selected. But when you look at the versatility of his skill set, it's very obvious why he was a good fit at that position. Yeah, Yeah. and I mean, Arthur Smith is in general on offense one of the things that we were really excited about when we did hire Arthur Smith. He was one of the most analytically savvy play callers in the NFL. I think he was, you know, in Tennessee, and I, I don't know the stats off the top of my head in Atlanta, but he was, like, in the top five in pre-snap motion. You know, he was, like, you know, what one of these best guys, one of the best guys at, like, you know, taking the game to where it is today, whereas with Dirk Cutter, it was just very archaic. It was very, oh you know, God. Dirk Cutter was, was a dinosaur. I will never forget how mad I was when um, he but that's we were here nor we there. were all hyped for for Gary Kubiak. It was like, oh man, they're gonna get Gary Kubiak. It's gonna be so sweet. And it's like, oh no, actually, they're not giving us permission. So we're hiring Dirk Cutter today. Yeah. And then yeah. they did nothing after they yeah. like he didn't even go back to Denver. Yeah, and then he and then he went and signed with Minnesota like a yeah. week later. Um, that honestly, like that's off topic, but like that that's yes. when I knew that that the regime was over. Like I, I knew at that point, like that's yeah. so dumb. Like this is not gonna work. Like. Literally panicking about your offensive. You hire, you fire C. Sarkeesian, who was fine. In hindsight, right. But but we all remember in the moment, people were furious. I remember seeing It's hard to be the guy that follows the guy. It was the the open locker room right after the Super Bowl that we are not going to talk about. And that news broke. And D-Led was like, have you ever heard of it? It was Jordan Schultz who broke the news. But. D-Led's like, have you heard of this guy? And I'm like, no. And we're like, this cannot, like, this does not make any sense. This cannot be true. No, it's true. In hindsight, though, it, like, not a, not a bad hire. And I think Sark has done a good job in Texas. Like, I, I think he's a really, I like, I got the also, opportunity to talk to him a couple of times, like, three, for two years. He's, he's so smart. Good, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's a good coach. Yeah. He is somebody who really respects his players yep. and is very thoughtful about putting He does the right things. He's, he's very smart. He's curious. He yes. doesn't have an ego. No. Like, the journey that he's been through in his life and you know i encourage everybody to to research it and learn about yeah. like that is strip that dude of any ego that he has and he is it's a rare thing to see in the nfl another factor with that is that when he first came to atlanta that was all anybody wanted to talk about and the grace with which he the pressure he was under and yeah. like the microscope and yeah to go from college to the nfl it, it was yeah i have a great deal of respect for Steve yeah. that is and he was done dirty like it, he was the scapegoat he was like it, and, we yeah, and Mark Juan Manuel. Yeah, and Mark Juan. And it was like, Mark Juan also, you know, had his share of the. I, I love Mark Juan. He would always get a coffee and stop by my desk and just chat with me for like five minutes. Yeah. And it made me feel so special. So I always like Mark Juan because, you know, asked, asked, you know, some inappropriate questions at the NFL Combine. He did, but, but he also got called on the carpet for that. And I think that he learned yeah. from it. I, I like Mark sure. He had, yeah, 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 yeah. he had a great personality and was always really. He's friendly. a former he's a former player turned coach, yes. and those and are very specific guys. If, but it was, yeah. if it was taken, a- cornhole guys are still there. Cornhole yeah. guys are still there. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. We are under a severe thunderstorm warning. Oh, I don't we know are? If anyone knows that? Oh, yes, really? We are. So. Is it because the cornhole people are making a rain? Or what's I don't know. <laughs> it, there's a lot of corn getting thrown over there. I can't. We can't see the details. Yeah. Like yeah. there's like a a hedge yeah. but blocking the, our view. The but, the other thing about Steve Sarkeesian that really sort of like his replacement sort of held the team back a little bit was he was a scapegoat. You sacrificed any chance of continuity going into 2018. Yeah. Because, you know, all of a sudden, three years, three different offensive coordinators between 2016 and 2018. And, yeah, I mean, he was completely like Dan Quinn scapegoated the shit out of those guys (laughs) uh, after that very unsuccessful. I get it because – you know, I, it's very difficult to lose your job in the NFL, and you don't know if you're going to get another shot. So I understand the business side of that, but yeah, it is it is unfortunate, and I'm yeah. glad that Sark landed it. Texas, I agree with you. I think he's doing an excellent yeah. job with that yeah. squad. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, of coordinators, though, like what do you guys think Ryan Nielsen is going to bring to this this defense? Totally different, I feel like philosophy from what Dean Pease had, but like it can it could work here. Sacks. <laughs> Please, <laughs> pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Maybe? I feel like maybe just, you know, several sacks as a treat. I mean, I feel like this is a, it's something that I say every offseason, but can we please, please, please disrupt opposing quarterbacks, please? No, no, no we can't. Yeah. No, no, no. I do like, like, 
I, I like, I mean, I, I hope it's not recency bias. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, I, I like the, the way that the defense is sort of going in, in like a yeah. weird way. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like Troy Anderson's like a better fit for Nielsen's defense. And yeah. like, That's yeah, he's going to have to be DeMario Davis. Right. Very few DeMario Davises yeah. out there. Day if day. anyone can do it. He's got, I mean, he's got the athleticism to do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could play Edge. I mean, it's, he could play Superman in yeah, the I mean, James Gunn movie. You could make it. You could make a new <laughs> position for him. Or maybe he's the NFL Shohei Otani, right? Yeah. Oh gosh, um, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> he starts playing quarterback. You know, we need we need a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Screw the draft. You know? <laughs> we got Troy in the wings. I did wonder if they would have like a random like goal line package where they just have Troy just like. They didn't really do much goal line today. Yeah. I mean, it's more yeah. of like a when the pads do come on because yeah. that's kind of when it actually matters. Exactly. Like right now, it's just okay, get five yards of space. Because Troy had like fifteen hundred yards as like a running quarterback and like a, he had like twenty rushing. But so like I would just love to see Montana legend. Like maybe instead of Felipe Franks, we get some Troy Anderson Wildcat. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think they're necessarily opposed to that. Yeah. 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 Who knows? Never say never. Arthur that, Smith is ba- Arthur Smith is about to jump out of that bush and attack us for, for even <laughs> considering Felipe, yeah Felipe slander for even considering taking day. Felipe Franks off yeah. the team. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be tough now. They brought Michael. Back, so like, I mean, like, hey, remember remember last, last training camp? You know, Felipe Franks became a thing. Like the yeah. Felipe Franks story he was, was the uh, tra- he was like, really he was, good. He was like. The what? definition of practice play. Yeah. Well, Will wrote a featured article on Felipe Franks last year. Yeah. I guess I did. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, but... he's the guy. That's yeah. right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, um, he was a five-star quarterback. You know, back in the day, <laughs> coming out of high school. He certainly when you're at Arkansas, it's not bad. I mean, physically, he looks the but like the dude is. He's rich. He has the athleticism. Yeah, you get he's, why they're intrigued by him. He's got the size, and he does have some receiving skill. I mean, he's got some versatility. I do get though that, like, given how crowded the tight, I, I yeah. wonder if, given how crowded the tight end is, this like his last kind of yeah. chance to make an impression or really earn that. I'm sure, spot. a lot of I'm sure a lot of fans hope so. Because I, I don't know it, why he gets so much hate. Like, it's, he's just, he's like literally like the bottom of the roster tight end. It's like, yeah. oh, my face wasted the roster so much. This guy's not going to be active like 90% of the time anyway. Like, no, there's a lot of consternation. And around. there is something to be said for having an emergency quarterback. Yeah. I mean, we've already talked That's about That's fair, but also, here. should we count him as an emergency quarterback? Uh, this I mean, it would have to be a real emergency. Uh, I, I remember, I remember <laughs> the last preseason game yeah. last year. They put Felipe Franks in there in the fourth quarter. And he his passes were so inaccurate they ran the triple option. The offense was That's yeah essentially just like ground to a halt. That was it was uh, jarring. It was, yeah, like, I do it, it was fun to watch a triple option though. I'm not gonna lie. In the NFL, shout out to Paul Johnson and that Georgia Tech uh, that Georgia Tech regime. Oh it wow, raining. it is starting to rain. It is raining. Yeah, it is. Did the cornhole guys leave? I think they left. I think the cornhole guys might have might have oh my gosh. it in. Oh my god, what we outlasted the cornhole guys? We outlasted the cornhole guys. Well, it's just sprinkling. I have a makeshift tent here for it my is. computer, so we go. are at forty-eight minutes. So we have actually recorded for a respectable amount of time. Uh, so there is that. But um, is there we, anything we missed? That well, we... I did want to talk about there Eddie Goldman's retirement. And the Falcons did sign another defensive tackle well, today. Justin Ellis, yeah. Justin Ellis. Well, it's not a, an official retirement, but Arthur Smith in the post-practice press conference when asked about it did say that Eddie Goldman. It's a possibility. Yeah, yeah, he said that Eddie Goldman, he is dealing with some personal things. We hope everything is okay with him. Uh, Eddie Goldman is considering he could potentially retire. Arthur Smith said that we would have probably a final decision tomorrow, and they did go out and sign a defensive tackle. In the meantime, today, yeah. so you know that probably and, and Eddie Goldman's missed two of the last three seasons. Like the the likelihood, it's clear they like something that he brings to this. It's clear they like what he brings to this team in some some capacity. But like we, he just hadn't been out there. And at this point, you got to question if he ever will be. Yeah, and I mean, for for what it's worth, Arthur Smith did say that Eddie Goldman reached out to the Falcons, and he. He asked about coming back, uh, and I mean the team was like, "Sure, yeah." And that's a credit to the team, I guess. Yeah, we'll bring yeah, I mean, put him on the ninety-man roster. And he said Eddie Goldman came; he came in very good shape. He came looking very good. And I mean, uh, we're not going to speculate on what the personal issues are. All we're going to say is we hope that everything, we hope that everything is okay with him and his family. And 
you know, if he does call it a career, it was a, it was a good career, and we wish him the best in, in the future. Can you guys also make me feel better about the fact that Calais uh, Campbell is on the NFI list? Well, uh, Arthur Smith said it would be uh, t around 10 days before he had an update. Uh, okay. But he said it, it shouldn't be anything that's too long-term. And, I mean, Calais Campbell, he is, you know, he's one he's the veteran of veterans. So mm -hmm. I, th I think it's okay. You, you know, of course you want him out there, but – if anyone's going to miss, you know, some of the training camp, then Calais Campbell is in that tier of guys where you, know, yeah. you can sort of miss it. And it was, I was, I was yeah. looking over the quotes, and I mean, Arthur even said, like, even if he was fully healthy, his ramp-up period would be different because he's, he's better and he's, yeah. like, gone, going into his 80th season. Um, but it did, like, seemingly, like, reading between the lines, and I mean, Arthur may have said this kind of even explicitly, but it was, like, something that he chose, a personal decision to get something worked on this offseason. You know that it's not going to like impact his ability to play one season. So, but it may like reading between the lines, an off-season surgery, you get a knee scope, you do something to like clean something up as a veteran, and you're going to be good to go. And it sounds like maybe the team was made aware of that. Again, it's the player's decision during the off-season. The team necessarily doesn't have a ton of control over that. And if all parties are on board with the timeline, then they're telling us, sure, could he come out and just say like, yeah. He had a knee scope or whatever, but yeah. he doesn't have to. And at this point, we're just speculating that that would be what it is. So I think the, the big picture is like it's not a concern to yeah. the start of the season. Some kind of cleanup surgery does make the most sense. And, yeah, as long as it's not a long-term thing, because even though he is, you know, getting up there in years, as an, as an older lady myself, like I'm very excited to see him. I've loved watching his career. I'm very excited that he was so eager to sign. He chose him. Atlanta. There and was a lot of teams that wanted him. And I think that that's a real testament to uh, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. And it's because of exactly like what we were just talking about with Eddie Goldman and what we're talking about here with Calais Campbell. Last year when Drake London got hurt early in the preseason, Kyle Pitts, like Arthur Smith and this staff time and again has really aired even maybe overly cautiously on we're going to get the player right. We're going to do what's best for the player. Jalen Mayfield shut down pretty much all last year with something that at the time that he suffered it in training camp, like right about now, didn't seem like that big of a deal. Yeah. And and they just kind of shut it down. So, like, they do what's best, I think, for the player, which may impact some of these free agency decisions and be something that players talk around the league. They know... And you frankly, know. it makes it easier for me to be a fan. I think yeah. that that should be the focus. Right. And I mean, speaking of injuries, we would be remiss if we did not touch on today's training camp injury. It was yes. Matt Hennessy. Oh, yeah. He went down in walkthroughs uh, very, very early on in camp. Uh, walked off under his own power, but did yeah. look a little bit gimpy uh, with the trainer back to the locker room early on. Arthur Smith in the in the press conference said it was something, you know, that came out from last season. I think he had a, a bit of a knee issue last year. And he did he did say that he would get an MRI, which is it's never a good sign. Yes. It's never yeah. a good sign because, you know, when an MRI comes into question, then you know, you know it's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be a little bit of an extended absence. But we'll uh, we'll get more information about that moving forward and in in the meantime. Second round pick Matthew Bergeron stepped yep. in with the ones, and I mean the offensive line doesn't really look like it missed much of a beat. No, um, but definitely it's also not doing great yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, and the other <laughs> yeah. thing is, I think that both lines are really the hardest to evaluate. It is without so habits. so hard. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, but the thing is, you do want Matt Hennessy to be healthy, and you do want that competition to happen. And I mean. You want all of these guys to be healthy. I know I know a lot of people want Bergeron to be the day one starter, but wouldn't you feel better if he's the day one starter beating out Matt Hennessy as opposed to, you know, Hennessy gets Being hurt forced and into it. forced yeah. into it. Yeah. The other thing is, like, I would much rather see a guy, see a coaching staff take the time they need to develop, especially an offensive lineman, yes. especially a rookie, because the speed of the game is so different, and it is just such an adjustment. Yeah, and it... First run is a college tackle. I mean, he played like 20 snaps of guard. At, yeah. Like 20 snaps of, of guard at the senior point. And, and they were good. A yeah. lot of fans feel like guards and tackles are, and even centers are just interchangeable. But the skill set for each position. They're not. And the fundamentals for each position are yeah. very, very different. Yeah. Well, we talked, we, we asked Keenan Forney about this on a previous show. And he said literally just moving from, let's say, right guard to left guard. So you're not even like changing away from the guard position. 
that's he, in some ways a much yeah. harder transition yeah, than just the like attack with a gun. He said he says that making that transition takes minimum three to four months. Yeah. To to just to just get into that rhythm, to to just get into get into what you need to start practicing in that. It takes like a full off season, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The other factor, especially with rookies, is that the offensive line can only succeed if they have, you know, pretty cohesive chemistry across all five guys. And that takes a great deal of time to build. And so that's always a concern with injuries on the offensive uh, line. However, however, if a guy goes from right tackle to left guard, he goes down by one Madden rating and it's okay. Just plug him away and let's, let's that's roll. That's how it works. That, that's how it works. But, but that is like, I do wonder the sliding in on, on the same side from tackle to guard is an easier, easier transition, right, right than going yeah. from a right tackle to a left tackle. Because that's, 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 very very that's, that's just like, go outside and try to throw a baseball with your opposite hand. Yeah. It's like, that's the equivalent. It's that's, totally the opposite side of the body. That's a very, very fair point. Yeah. But I also think, and this is something that, you know, Thomas would, would talk a lot about, and like with Matt Gono and some of the young, but like, he was a big fan of that redshirt year for offensive linemen yeah. because of the way the college game has changed. Yeah. Because like... Yeah. There's just not the ability to invest and develop an offensive lineman in the four years and if the best ones in like the three years yeah. that like you've got them. And so kind of the offensive lineman coming to the NFL, not really ready for that pro style scheme. So you need that redshirt year. But I like I think that somebody like Matthew Bergeron coming from Syracuse, like obviously Arthur Smith is very familiar, comfortable with the scheme that yeah. like he's in. So I think that's a little bit of a, a better fit for if it he is. has to play right away. But yeah. that's another element too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you guys covered it. Like, I, I, you know, I'm a big Bergeron fan. You know, go orange, go go orange. I'm a burgeoning but, uh, Bergeron yeah. fan. But. No, Arthur Smith like anticipated that I was going to ask about Bergeron. So shout out to Arthur Smith for remembering I was from Syracuse. This man, is, <laughs> this man has met me like maybe a handful of times. <laughs> he keeps subs. He keeps subs. Yeah. Does, so I think he's scouting you. He is. I yes. mean, he scouts everything. Yeah. Right. He saw you run to go get that film. He today. did. Clock yeah, like, oh, another we, slot receiver. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we need. Uh, we need someone to get there for drills. So Let's go. How many so jet then, motions can you run? Yeah, so, so, someone had like three. Someone had the hand timer. Someone had yeah, the hand timer like, oh, for sure. You know, yeah. if it's high school, I can still run a four seven. So yeah, right. and I mean, we were talking about it before That's the show. We were talking about it before the show. <laughs> Arthur Smith seems a lot more loose this year than, than he you know yeah. he did possibly at the start. Like you can see, like he's in there joking with the media. Like he handed D-Light a fine today for missing the first two days of training camp. He fined him five hundred dollars, yep, yep. and, and I mean, like. Yeah, you know, he he had his son today in the press conference. It was very wholesome, very adorable, and I mean, he just yeah, he, he seems to be very loose and very like, you know, just happier. Like yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't maybe that's just you know he he's a lot more confident in the roster. Maybe he's you know it's a little a little bit less stressed with the the cap constraints. But if I had I mean, Bijan Algier, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, I would be very loose and very. Yeah. I would be feeling great going into the season. Yeah. Much better than in year 10. Yes. I'm sure, like, everyone, when they were, you know, in the dark hours of the night, they were like, uh, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> I'm not sure how this is going to go. You know, I'm just, and everyone, and like, you know, what they say, like, the expectations of the Super Bowl, like, yes, of course. Yeah. Like, but, you know. Every single Well, year. but from also a coaching staff, yeah. like, you can look at it as the coaching staff has been getting two dry runs for like an all-in year because yes. like they and and no coaching staff is ever going to really take I, unless I guess you're part of Urban Meyer's coaching staff right. is going to like take any any weeks off or anything like that. But <laughs> but yeah, that Urban was the only one who actually took weeks off. Yeah. I'm I'm fascinated by that, and it's something that that Arthur has talked about is like the continuity on the coaching staff mm. and just that shorthand and like. That's hey, we tried this, that didn't work. And so now when yeah. it actually does matter and we've got the team behind us mm -hmm. to really capitalize yeah. and make it count, we as coaches have been through the ringer a little bit already and, and we've yeah. got these tests. And A.J. Terrell mentioned that in the press conference too. He talked about the continuity of having Arthur Smith going into year three of some of these coaches still being there. Like, sure, you know, Ryan Nielsen is there. He's yeah, new. new coordinator. Yeah, new like, coordinator, but still like, Jerry Gray as yeah, well. Yeah, you you know what to expect at this point from Arthur Smith running the show going into year three. And he said that, you know, that, that makes the players feel a bit more comfortable. And, you know, it's just he, he talked about just the culture that's being built now. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you need continuity for a culture. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, there, I mean, there's also continuity now with the players. Like, you're yes. looking at Richie Grant, Jalen Hawkins, and A.J. Terrell. They've been together for a little bit. You know, like you take on Graham and, and Grady Jarrett, they've now third third season yeah. going in together. Like yeah. these, you're starting to see positions 
not just coaches, but like as you move along in any regime and now you're in year three, it's not the teardown, it's the build up. Four of the five O linemen are going to be the exact same uh, as starters going into next year. And yeah, just giving the coaching staff enough time. That's one of the things that I think is a challenge in the NFL is that it is the not for long league. Um, And so giving a coaching staff enough time to build that continuity and to create a situation where there's a strong culture. It makes me more optimistic. And I think we need to give Arthur Blank a lot of credit with that as well, because mm-hmm. he saw he, he saw what happened toward the end of the regime last year, and he knew that this team had a lot of cap constraints going yeah. into the new regime. So he went out there and he said, "Look, we're we're going to build this the way it should be built from the ground up. We're not going to take these shortcuts." He brought Fontenot and Arthur Smith in there. I think he gave them each a five-year deal. And, you know, he told them, I'm pretty sure he told them, like, you can take your time and you can do what needs to be done. He, he didn't go out here immediately saying, all right, year one, I'm expecting a playoff run. And then, you know, the, then uh, there's pressure on the front office to start restructuring some of these contracts, the way the Saints have been doing, opening up cap space and just trying to, like, trying to get that quick fix. And, I mean, that's one of the reasons why the Falcons are in such a really good cap situation now and that's one of the reasons why the Falcons have been able to build a roster that everyone has lauded throughout the entire offseason because Arthur Blank came in here with that patience and knowing that hey it's the NFL and you know it may take a little bit of time and you know a lot of these billionaire owners in the NFL they have these egos where you know they expect everything right away and they're used to everything you know getting everything right away they have a lot more money than patience they do have a lot more money and i think it's a testament that arthur blank sort of you know set that ego aside a little bit and said you know what maybe we won't be great right away but we're going to build this the way it needs to be built and that's what leads to sustained success in the nfl yeah no you're absolutely right and yeah i you know i'm just hoping we see some some good stuff this year i know you guys are too uh you know, I, I think the depth is better, and I think we'll hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, man, as he doesn't miss significant time. But yeah, you have Matthew Bergeron like in the wings, like oh, yeah. you drafted a guy, like literally for this reason, so you have an option. Trade it up for him. Yeah. That's one thing that I think that they've done an excellent job with this off season is just stocking up quality depth. I think that that's been a real challenge for this team when they were up against the cap. And I think that they've taken advantage of the fact that they've kind of resolved those cap flows. And there's a lot more quality depth, or at least improved depth. Yeah. Um, at yeah. I mean, if you got to whip up a meal real quick for the next opponent, you've got something in the pantry. Exactly. Like you've got, yes. you've got more ingredients to work with. Yeah. It's not just Grady Jarrett and, you know, guys off the street. Yes. Arthur yes. Smith's not calling up Kevin and Adnan like suit up guys. Hey, guys, get out there. Let's go. <laughs> Never played a staff in the NFL, but let's go. <laughs> hey, you, you guys want to critique the players, get out there. Yep. Yeah, see, see how it is. See we're how, just, see how we're it just couch pro. Sideline, sideline warriors. Well, we're just blog boys. Internet GMs. We're just blog boys. Yeah, guys. Well, it is uh, continuing to rain. Yeah, I think the fans are getting a little bit restless. So uh, we are over an hour, which is our allotted time. Um, So we will go ahead and wrap up. But thank you guys so much. Plot plot twist this wasn't recording at all, and we just talked for an hour for no reason. See, everyone in the chat was just conversing. Like, oh, I wonder where they're gonna go. When they're gonna go live. Yeah, but guys, thank you so much for watching. Thank you guys so much. Thanks everyone for showing up. Uh, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys. You can't see. There's thousands. Yeah, there, there are yeah, so many. My friends are here. They're just right out of frame. There are dozens of us. <laughs> yep. But uh, yeah, guys, uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. And Blue Chew, you'll get your ad read, you know, um, I'll have to edit it in later. In post. We'll do that in post. We'll do that in post. Um, I like how you rubbed your hair when you said that. That yeah. and the scary looking storm. Just get excited. Yeah, this. it's very exciting. Um, very stimulating, perhaps, uh, you could say. The Falcons <laughs> are about to bring a storm to the rest of the NFL this yeah, year. It's a storm raging, yes. Um, right now is just the calm. Yeah. But this is this is all, you know, this time it's free, Blue Chew, but it's going forward. You, know, you need that sort of embellishment. Call me. Um, but guys, we really do appreciate everyone for hanging out with us today. Uh, please do like subscribe. If you enjoyed the episode, uh, leave that five star review on your podcast platforms of choice. And yeah, we'll be back at flowery branch, uh, bright and early on Saturday. Um, maybe the clouds will stick around. Probably not, you know, because we're, we're made to suffer 
in this mm -hmm. training camp world. But, It'll uh, be scorching hot tomorrow in 100 degrees with yeah. no clock. Without, yes, without it will, baby. Uh, without question. But before we take off, Gina Kelly at Gina Thomas. Anything you would like to let people know about, Gina? Yeah, I would like to let the people know about your exceptional training camp coverage, all three of you. You've kept me informed. I greatly appreciate you guys putting in the time up there, sweating it out, and bringing us all of the information that we need. Yeah. Yeah. So Our also, pleasure. Go to the Falcoholic tomorrow. I'm going to put up a gallery of photos from this event. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. So definitely check that out, guys, if you weren't able to make it. Uh, we also have this, of course, Adnan Ikic at Say Which Way. Adnan, anything you'd like to let the people know about? Uh, yeah, I would like to plug our training camp news and notes that uh, you and I wrote today. I think that just published, what, about an hour ago, a couple hours yeah. ago, whenever Dave got that to it. Dave chose. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, shout out to Dave. He couldn't be here, but he, he is the man. Northern Dave. Yeah, he, he is the man running everything, and he is the man who told us that we have to be out, out here even if it storms, you yeah, know, rain or shine. No, Dave was like, you're filming that podcast. I don't care. Yeah, he loves to crack the whip. Yeah, what, what, what you guys don't Dave. see, what you guys don't see is our, our legs are tied to these chairs right yeah, now. We, we, we couldn't leave yeah. if we wanted yeah. to. Um, yeah, the, the cornhole guys were just, uh, they were just a diversion. That was just a bit. Yeah, that was just a bit. But, but uh, yeah, so. You and uh, Kevin and I write up our news and notes every single day of training camp. If you didn't see yesterday's, check those out. Uh, we're going live every single day. And, you know, fault, check out our Twitter accounts for live minute-by-minute -minute coverage uh, in the mornings. You know, may, maybe while you're drinking a coffee, uh, tomorrow's Saturday. And, you know, even if you're working, we we, you know, well, well, we don't condone uh, an unproductive workplace. So, you know, do, yeah. do without what you will. But, you know. Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whatever you guys want to do, you know, we don't yeah. judge yeah. on this pod, yeah. okay? It's really okay. Well, well, we would love it if you read our Twitter accounts instead of working you know, during the workday, yeah. during the weekday. So Let's yeah. see how many times these guys go viral tomorrow. Yes, let's yeah. see. I think today, it was, you know, we got the one today. Mm -hmm. That Clark Phillips video yesterday hit over a million. That was my first million. Nice. Wow. That's amazing. I think, I think my Matt Collins quote yeah. got a few, got a few was, views today. It was today. over it got a half a million oh, yeah. views the last time. I that was hours ago. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Matt Collins, who does not eat with utensils. You yeah. know, he says he eat with yeah. your hands. So. That, yeah, definitely read that quote. Number but, one finger food guy. Yeah, I'm going to buy him some hand sanitizer because it stresses <laughs> me. Like, as a mom, it stresses me. <laughs> not a big soup guy, though. Yeah, not, yeah, a, big not, guy. not a big shoe guy either. He, he walked into the facility barefoot uh, on Tuesday on, on that very hot Georgia asphalt yeah. when it was like great. 90. He's got feet of steel, like literally, uh, if he's doing that. So, um, yeah. Also with us, Will McFadden, now Will McFadden, host of the fellow Believe program, uh, lock, uh, not Locked on Top, Believe in Top. There you go. Shout out Aaron Freeman, by the way. Where where are you, Aaron? Why aren't you here? What are you doing? Um, but uh, yeah, Will, what you working on? Uh, what you want to let people know about? Uh, well, yeah, Believe in Falcons, Al Will McFadden got a story on Matt Collins coming up uh, tomorrow morning, probably, uh, on the Falcolics, so check that out. All right, guys. Once again, thank you so much for viewing. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. We will see you bright and early tomorrow at Flowery Branch. Until then, guys, have a great night, folks. Good Thanks night, for guys. tuning in. Yeah, go ahead. Woo! All right.